Aging Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs. Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERA Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. As personal financial matters become more complicated, finding time to focus on daily tasks of money management can be difficult. Daily money managers deliver essential financial services to older adults to ensure their financial and other obligations will be met. Today, my guest is Christine Dolan, a professional daily money manager. She's going to describe services provided by daily money managers and how these services can help an older adult remain independent. She'll also describe what clients need to know when hiring and working with a daily money manager. So welcome, Christine, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Cheryl, and thank you so much for having me a guest today. It's wonderful to be here. And it's great to have you here, and we really want to learn a lot about this because I think daily money managers play an important role in uh, the lives of older adults. So let's start with a very basic question. Explain to me what is a daily money manager, which I understand is also referred to as a DMM, so I might refer to that in future questions. But in, in addition to describing what a DMM is, explain also to our listeners what services uh, they provide. Absolutely. A DMM, a daily money manager, as we'll refer to it as a DMM, uh, they deliver essential personal financial services to seniors um, and other people, high net worth and small businesses, but predominantly seniors. And what services do they provide? This goes from the day-to-day bill payment and management, budgeting and expense tracking, document and tax organization, estate and insurance management. Sometimes there's custom services too, like somebody might, an elder person might just need somebody to help them if they had a um, a contractor coming in their house to manage the financial aspect of that one piece of their life. Sometimes notary services are provided by a daily money manager and very few, but sometimes they'll act as a POA for a client as well. Oh, power of attorney. Power of attorney, yes. I also want to understand what DMMs don't do, but I want to verify and clarify with you. Do do DMMs provide legal or investment or financial planning services? That's an excellent question. We do not, nor should not. Um, so basically, what I start off saying when somebody's not familiar with the daily money manager, I am not a certified financial uh, provider. So I am not going to tell you what stocks you should invest in, where to switch your money. I am not an estate lawyer or a CPA. However, we work with all of these professionals that you also work with as far as a client and make sure that they have the information and the numbers that they need and help you have the information that you need as well, because sometimes it can be very confusing. And to that point then, Christine, in the event that they needed this kind of advice, would you make referrals or suggestions as to possible uh, professionals that could help uh, an older adult and and their families, perhaps, with those kinds of services? Absolutely. We can provide financial advisors as a referral, estate lawyers, CPAs, all along those lines of anybody that needs help in that. Because we want to make sure that they have all of their documents in place to make sure that they can continue living independently and stress-free. Because it is a, you know, it's, you want to make sure everything is in order financially and in your life. Well, let's move on to the the circumstances that um, might warrant an older adult 
using DMM services? Because since this might be a new concept to folks who are listening, they go, well, gee, when would I need to have somebody like this? So talk about different situations that your clients are with, or even maybe not your clients, but clients of any kind of a, a DMM that might um, – uh, require the use of, uh, you know, the services of a daily money manager? Sure. Oftentimes it is when somebody else, another professional that they're working with, maybe their financial advisor, maybe their care manager, or maybe just a family member notices piles of mail in their place and bills are late, they're missing payments, or a lot of times there might be a uh, trauma. They might have fallen and they can no longer physically write the check, but they can scribble out their signature, but they need somebody to go through all of their monthly finances with them. They may have lost a partner and the partner did all the bill payments and did all of this for them and managed all the financial aspect in their life. And now they're just kind of feeling lost. And it's really important that they have somebody there that helps them avoid fraud or anything else, late payments, fees, etc. And I would imagine that you could go so far as to say that by having the services of a, of a DMM, that would help the older adult maintain a greater degree of independence. Absolutely. That is the main goal, is to have people remain independent as long as they can. It's like we're part of a team. Um, we're not coming in to, shouldn't come in to take over anything with somebody, come in to assist and be their partner, a trusted partner by their side to review what's coming in the mail, what should be paid, when to pay it, how to pay it, which accounts. Oftentimes people don't even know what accounts they have, how much money is in certain accounts, how long can they afford to live independently, et cetera. What I'm hearing you say is right now we're focusing more on the older adult uh, himself or, or herself. Do uh, daily money managers also assist like the care partners or the the family members who are are responsible for managing older relatives' finances? And I'm thinking especially if there might be a situation where, Maybe health conditions or or maybe even some kind of mental health condition like dementia or something may prevent them from doing their own financials. Is that a part of what you do too, is working not only with the older adult, but with care partners or family members? Yes. I consider it a team and daily money managers consider it part of a team. So I usually attach on the last name. So for this instance, we'll just say Smith, Team Smith so happy to be a part of Team Smith. And I will communicate with the care manager or the caregivers and the family on how the client is doing. Um, when I meet with them, it's another set of eyes that can come in and see how they're moving around, how things are going, how the conversation goes. If they have a snack when they're with you, how does that go? Are they able to manage that fine? Are they able to get up and move around? It's wonderful to have another set of eyes in there to help the individual physically, mentally, and emotionally, which your finances are a big part of that, but it is all one team that works together. And I generally like to put in um, information with the family afterwards, send them an email, give them a call, let them know how the visit went. Let them know what you covered during the visit. So they're aware too. And I'm wondering, Christine, if, you know, especially because we've all gone through COVID now the last few years, are, are these visits that you're talking about, are they usually via Zoom or are you doing more personal visits again? And I'm just curious as to who's involved in these visits that you're talking about. Sure. Right now, it's back in person, which is wonderful because everybody enjoys the company and I enjoy the stories that these amazing people have to share about their life. During COVID, you can do them via Zoom, but a lot of people, especially elderly people that are trying to be independent and remain independent, it's important to go and go through the mail with them and set up systems that will make a difference in their life that they can follow. Each person is individual in that regard, where one person might want to do stuff online, another person 
absolutely not. They're not going to do payments online. They want to write a physical check. So as you're setting up these systems, I'm just sort of trying to clarify that it might be also helpful for the family member or care partner to be involved in the whole process in case the health condition of the older adult maybe gets worse and they can't even handle it at all. Is is that part of that process, just so I understand? It is part of the process. And as a daily money manager, we like to keep the family or whoever the person is comfortable with, Might sometimes it's their estate lawyer, in the loop as much as possible. So we'll send an email after a visit and let them know what bills we paid, how we paid them, so that when or if that person gets to the point where they physically can't sign a check, but the daily money manager is doing it online for them, that somebody besides a daily money manager is aware of what was paid, when it was paid, what their financial status is of their regular bank accounts. We're not talking um, investments here. We're just talking about their day-to-day money management. Now, given what what you've shared with us, this leads to a really good question, which I'm sure listeners might be thinking about. What are the ways that a daily money manager can protect older adults from financial abuse or scams? What are you also looking for besides, say, maybe just paying the bills? Absolutely. A lot of times when you have um, these, a fraud is such a huge thing, and it's not just amongst the seniors, but they are a huge target group. It's so important to watch the monthly statements and see what is being pulled out of an account. What was it for? A lot of times I'll start off really small and like, oh, it's just a couple dollars. I don't need to call on that. I don't need to follow up on that. But then it's a couple hundred dollars, then it's a few thousand dollars, and then somebody's out of a lot of money. So it's really important to watch the day-to-day and the monthly amounts and what they're for, as small as they may be. uh, And people are like, I don't want to bother with that. It's very, very important to follow up on all of those, even if it's cash. How much cash did you take out? What was it used for? And that's very helpful. And we're going to get into more about uh, the kinds of services that you provide um, a little bit later. But I also wanted to find out from you a little bit about the daily money manager industry. Um, Is the industry regulated by state and federal government agencies? I I want to make sure if people are thinking about hiring or working with a, a DMM, that they have some sense of what this industry is all about. So explain to us, what do we need to know about uh, daily money managers in general? Right now, at this time, we are not regulated. Daily money managers are not regulated by state and federal government as financial advisors are. However, there is an association called the American Association of Daily Money Managers, If you are thinking of hiring a daily money manager, please, please make sure that they are a part of the American Association of Daily Money Managers because there are standards here. There's a code of ethics. There's a background check that has to be done on you every two years. I also have a top secret clearance. If it's not through the association that you're thinking of hiring a daily money manager, hopefully the referral will come from another trusted professional that the client has worked with. Maybe it's their financial advisor. Maybe it's their estate lawyer. Maybe it's their CPA. Maybe it's their care manager who's worked with somebody before. And they say this person's really good because of X, Y, Z, and they're trusted. It's very, very important that you make sure that somebody has a background check and they're a trusted individual in the industry. And what's the website address of so folks could check that out, that association that you mentioned? Absolutely. It's the American Association of Daily Money Managers, and it's we call it Adam for short, but it's AADMM.com. Okay. Very helpful. So besides looking at the website to learn more just about what is expected in connection with um, daily money managers and the services that they provide, I'd like to hear a little bit more about resources. Um, For example, are there any 
not-for-profit um, elder assistant agencies that provide services, daily money manager services for older adults. Are you aware of, of any? It kind of depends on the area, but I absolutely would check with your local agency on aging. Sometimes other organizations, such as your, if there's a village in your neighborhood, they might offer that service as a pro bono. And also sometimes through a, a neighborhood listserv, you might find a tr- trusted professional through there because people are now advertising on there as well. And I'm thinking that in, in those cases, then the services, as you said, would be pro bono. There would not be any charge as compared to companies or organizations where there would be a charge. And um, so talk a little bit more about that possibility uh, as a resource um, where there would be a, a fee charged. Talk about it in which regard? Well, in, in terms of, you know, what would be the process if, um, in, in your case, I'm assuming that you charge a fee, and what happens when you when folks contact you, and it, is there a process that you go through um, in terms of an interview, perhaps? Or what do people need to know in terms of looking for a daily money manager who would be charging a fee? Most daily money managers have a consultation um, around an hour for free to find out what exactly is the situation. Why does this person need a daily money manager in their life? Is this the right time to bring them in? Can we be of service to the individual? After that, they generally charge by the hour. Some daily money managers do... um, a monthly fee, and some have a sliding scale, but that's very rare. Most go by the hour. And depending on the situation, many daily money managers also hopefully volunteer some of their time back into the community to help people. And sometimes this just comes about naturally. I had a um, client come to me because they were put in a assisted living situation by their daughter Unfortunately, the daughter had been stealing from them shortly after I had come on board, everything, took everything from them, all their money. And so I can't, I can't charge this family. They didn't have any money. They needed a roof over their head. They needed food, primary needs. So I worked pro bono for them for four months before we even started on a system of a scale of what they could afford to pay me. I couldn't let these people go there. They needed help. Thank you. That is certainly um, comforting to know that there is a, a sense of compassion when necessary. And as far as the whole process is concerned, like do people sign a contract? Is there a minimum amount? Uh, uh, you said it sometimes a monthly fee. Do you work with a family like once a week or every week? Or how does that work? I mean, so people would have some uh, understanding of what to expect if they decided to start working with a daily money manager. What would be the process and kind of ongoing basis? Sure. Obviously, it depends on the personal situation. However, generally speaking, after you have the consultation and you decide you want to move forward, daily money managers have something called a letter of engagement. I have a letter of engagement. They are not bound to any certain amount of time with me. This does not bind them to a weekly visit. It doesn't bind them to a certain number of hours. It doesn't bind them. It's not a contract per se. It's a letter of engagement merely saying that they want to work with me moving forward. And depending on their situation, generally speaking, we'll meet once a week to find out what's coming in the mail, what is their situation. And once you get everything, financially organized and a few systems set up, you might be able to back that off to twice a month and maybe even less than that, depending on what they need done. Some people still need it to be once a week. If it's a real mess, you might have to go there twice a week in the beginning. It all depends on what you're trying to accomplish. But generally speaking, once a week with a letter of engagement, just saying, yes, I would like to engage with this daily money manager for their services to help me get financially organized. And how long do you usually work with with clients? What's an average or, I mean, how many clients do you have right now? And how long have you been working with them? And what's your expectation? 
I generally work with clients until end of life, until they pass, and then often work with their family to clean things up once they do pass and help them pay the bills. And because you're the one that's in the mud, so to speak, the day to day going through everything, they may be aware of what's happening, but you're the one that's been doing it. So they generally will stay on even after the person passes and helps the family get the estate squared away with the estate lawyer, etc. until that's all taken care of. And it all depends on how many people somebody's willing to take on some daily money management firms out there have several daily money managers working with them and some are solopreneurs such as myself and i don't take on a whole lot of clients because i want to be able to be available to my clients if and when something should come up i want to make sure i have the time to go as deep and as far with them as they need me to as people, again, are exploring the various options and learning more about the various uh, DMM programs that are out there, is it important to get referrals? And if so, why? And then what are possible resources uh, to do that? I just want to make sure that I understand that people can get that kind of information um, regarding you know, making a choice of the right daily money manager. As far as the referrals go, you would ask the daily money manager for some referrals of their clients that they're working with to make sure that it's a good fit for that particular client and what you cover. Some daily money managers, for example, specialize in budgeting. Some daily money managers specialize in seniors. Some daily money managers only do high net worth individuals and don't want to work with seniors, especially people that might be having a cognitive decline. So it's important that you find one that is in the area that your client needs and that you get along with them. Because as far as I'm concerned with my clients, they're an extension of my family. I think about them all the time. I care about them a lot. And I want what's best for them. And so it's very important. A lot of times a trusted professional is the best way to find a daily money manager if you're not coming into it where there is no suggestions of one. I would go to the website again and find somebody that's been background checked. I'm also wondering if I had decided that I wanted to work with you and we started talking in that, and I wanted to just make sure that you were really a, you know, a sound person. Would would you also give me, uh, refer me to clients that you are already working with to kind of find out if you're as as good as you tell me you are? Absolutely, you could talk with some of my clients that are willing to share their experience. I am very protective of my clients' personal information, their names, everything. But if you wanted to talk with clients of mine, absolutely you could, or their families about how things are going, how I inform them of what's going on. It's really important that there's complete transparency while still protecting the client's personal information. Okay. Well, that's a good place to take a short break right now because we're going to be learning much more about working with uh, daily money managers in the second half of this interview. In case you tuned in late, we're talking with Christine Dolan, who is a professional daily money manager. And by the way, you are listening to WERA Arlington 96.7 FM. We'll be right back. Aging Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs. Welcome back. We're talking with Christine Dolan, a professional daily money manager, and we're learning everything we need to know if you're, you and your family are thinking about hiring a daily money manager for uh, services. And so, 
Christine, if a family is interested in hiring a DMM, a daily money manager, is it advisable to interview several programs before selecting one? And then, as importantly, what kind of questions should be asked? What, what do families need to know before they say, yep, this is the right person for, for us? Great, great question. Yes, it is important to, if you didn't get the referral from somebody that's really close to you that you already trust, to talk with several people. Daily money managers will have a consultation with you for at least an hour. Everybody I know will give you an hour and discuss what your situation is. Talk with that person. Find out what their fees are. Are they a member of the association? Do they have insurance? They should have insurance. They should be background checked. And make sure it's a personality fit as well, because these are long-term personal situations. I like to involve the family if they're local or even if they're not, at least on the phone as part of the interview process, because you want to make sure that it's just as much a good fit for you as it is for them. And it involves the entire family. You're part of their team. So as much as you can have them on there and get that trusted relationship, that's key to any situation when you're bringing on a daily money manager. And you mentioned a very important term, which I want to elaborate on, and that is insurance coverage and whether the program that one is offering is is bonded. You said that's important to check about that, but how do you do that? I mean, what, what would you need to know if, in, in connection with that topic? I would recommend that be one of your questions along with the fees. If they're a member of the association, you should have insurance. If you have other multiple daily money managers in a particular practice, you absolutely need to be bonded because that protects the client against any type of fraud of a daily money manager potentially taking money from a client, which I have never heard of, thank goodness, because daily money managers are in this field because they want to make a difference with seniors and make a difference in people's lives. So it's generally the daughter or the son that doesn't live local, and that's why they need to hire a daily money manager to be that daughter or son there, to go through the mail, to pay the bills, and make sure everything is above board. And the way, what's coming in is coming in. What's going out is legitimately going out. Given that we live in a metropolitan area where there are different cultures and um, people from other countries, is that something that uh, the use of a daily money manager, is that something that is possible with folks who maybe don't speak English or have a, a limited amount of English. I'm just wondering if any of your clients or even perhaps any of your colleagues who are daily money managers, what that situation is like. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know how that might be handled. That's an excellent question. We haven't come across that, generally speaking, as part of the Daily Money Manager Association. We have calls monthly and regularly in trainings that we attend. And I haven't heard of this yet. Um, oftentimes when somebody's elder or they have dementia, it's hard enough even just with Americans. So I don't think it would really be that much different. If somebody can afford to hire a daily money manager, the services and the needs that they have would be very similar regardless of their culture. So we talked a little bit earlier about references. Um, when somebody is talking with you, what happens? Uh, I'm assuming that references should be requested. I believe you said that before. How can somebody uh, who is talking with you about whether or not to work with you can use those references? How do they know that you're not referring them to somebody that actually isn't really a client at all. I mean, talk about that process because obviously it's important, but we need to know how the best way to use those references would be in terms of making a decision. Right. Great question. Everybody should be very transparent with their references. If you, for example, if you were hiring me, Cheryl, potentially hiring me to be a daily money manager to help you, 
and you ask me for references, it's also important to see if maybe you could talk with a family member or maybe one of those trusted professionals that works with that client. When a daily manager first comes to meet with somebody, they should also bring their code of ethics with them, as well as any other organizations they're a part of. So if they're a part of any other senior groups, this just goes towards their validity and their background and knowing that you can trust this person, that they are valid, that everything is above board, it's completely transparent, other than protecting their client's information. But they should readily give you a reference of a client as well as if you would like to speak with maybe a family member, because sometimes if somebody has dementia, maybe you can talk to them briefly, but it might not be the best conversation to find things out. You might need to talk with the son or daughter that lives in California to find out how things are going and what's going on. It might be their financial advisor locally. I think families are concerned about financial theft and identity fraud, these now we're thinking in terms of the DMM um, himself or or herself. And so I would imagine that the older adult and perhaps certainly the family, what precautions should be taken to avoid the financial theft and identity fraud when using a, a daily money manager? I would like to think that a daily money manager would never be involved with fraud, that they're here to avoid that. That's the primary purpose and one of the many primary purposes of helping a client, especially seniors. And I would ask what a daily money manager's procedures are that they use to protect the client's data, you know, along with the insurance. I would ask them, what what do you do to protect their information? So if you need to go and log on to their bank account, do you have a firewall? Do you have security on your laptop? What are your procedures? And these might be questions, again, from family that the senior might not ask offhand, but you should ask because it's very important. And if at any time there's any question, ask it because God forbid that somebody is involved in this as a daily money manager, they should be reported to the association and the person that referred them so that nobody else uses that daily money manager. And that would kill their business because it's all referral. Well, and I'm glad I was going to ask this uh, that question a little bit later, but I think it's appropriate now that you never know what might be going on. So if if an older adult or the family member would suspect some kind of a suspicious activity by a daily money manager, what are the options in terms of reporting? Do you call the police? Do you call an association? What are the likely outcomes? You, you mentioned already that they would go out of business, but they could maybe go for a long time because people are, are not aware. Talk about that process. First and foremost, I would ask that money manager, what was this charge? Can you tell me what this charge was? Because more than likely, it's a legitimate charge. I haven't heard of this from anybody across the board on any of the calls. And we do virtual calls, which people can join from across the country, which is wonderful because you want to know if it's just local to the area, what's going on. But it's really important if there is that situation that you do report it, that you do let the association know, that you do let, how did you find this daily money manager? You need to let that person or professional know what has happened. If by chance the charge was something from them, which it does happen with care managers, caregivers, unfortunately, sometimes when people hire them privately, I've seen this happen where people take money and that's another reason that they might bring on a daily money manager. I recently came on board with a 95-year-old client and she has individual care people coming into her house And she didn't care for one and was concerned about her ethics, shall we say. So I was the one that let the care manager go because she didn't want to be involved in that and have the repercussions. But you have to really be careful and make sure that everything that is being spent is a legitimate cost. And then if there is a question regarding the daily money manager 
himself or herself, what are the options then to report it? Well, I would report it to the financial institution as well, as well as to the association to let them know this person is not following the code of ethics and there's been a problem, which I have never heard of as long as I've been doing this. So I'm, I haven't come across that. I would be very surprised if that happened. Um, but I would let everyone, I would let the agency know, I would let the financial institution know that it was not a legitimate cost, stop the check, whatever is necessary to put a halt on this entire engagement. Okay. As soon as possible. All right. Well, and we mentioned a little bit before in the first part of the interview about charging for services. And I was wondering, obviously, we live in uh, an area of the country where things are more expensive, maybe, say, than other parts of the country. Do fees then vary for services depending on where the client lives? If you're working with somebody who lives in a, uh, another part of the country where the cost of living is lower, how does that work? And and you talked a little bit about the term of service, but maybe you could elaborate again So in case we didn't quite catch that. So the fee for services as well as the term. The fee for services will vary depending on where you live. Not greatly, but it does vary. I mean, somebody in a certain part of Virginia, for example, since we're in Virginia, Southern Virginia, is going to be different than being in the DMV area. But the daily money manager also can lower their costs or do it pro bono. It's up to them if a client needs that and they want to take on that client and give back to their community in that regard. Some daily money managers do retainers. I have heard of this more along once they've had a client for a year and the client wants to do it as a retainer where they set up an average of what they charged the year before and then they just draw against that for the month based off of the hours that they do. Very few daily money managers do a sliding scale, but I have heard of this in a few instances across the country, but it's not common. What's most common is the hourly charge. And then, as you said, uh, it does vary once a daily money manager is hired, the interaction really varies also depending on the type of services. Is is that correct? Yes. It depends on the type of services, what you need to have done, how often you're going to be meeting with the person, all that is taken into account. But generally speaking, there is an hourly rate that people will charge. And it's usually in 15-minute increments, generally speaking. I don't want to say as a hard rule. What I'm also wondering is, is it possible when working with a, a daily money manager that that the client really gives up control and, and final authority of their accounts? I mean, this is kind of scary if you think about it, especially if they have multiple accounts and and um, they have you know a great deal of different kinds of of financial um, activities going on. What what prevents that from happening in terms of the relationship between the daily money manager and, and their client? Well, absolutely, it should not happen that a client gives up control or final authority of their accounts. A daily money manager should be a team member, basically a an assistant that comes in and is working side by side with that individual. For example, I have a client that's 88 years old and she had a fall and she just physically cannot type on the computer, very aware, but she can't get on. It's overwhelming to her to get into her account. She has several accounts. We need to streamline her process. She has four bank accounts, several credit cards that she doesn't use stuff all over the place. So I'm working with her side by side to streamline this process for her. If you want to have two bank accounts, that's fine, but we don't need to have four. She's just had them open over the years because it's been convenient to where she's lived, but she can't physically get on the computer, make the phone calls and do this. We are doing it together side by side 
as a team, helping her get financially organized up to date. And then she'll feel better about managing her accounts. Also, that would apply not only for her managing her accounts, but then to the extent maybe that the family member or the caregiver is involved, again, they still have control and final authority um, as well. Is is that, I mean, I'm thinking, especially if there is a joint co-signers or whatever, is that a, a special situation or how does that work? Well, it's really important to keep anybody that the client wants to have involved, such as a son that lives in California or a daughter that maybe lives just not locally here, but she lives in New York, um, to keep them in the loop as much as they want them to. I have forms and other daily money managers have forms that give the authorization to speak with individuals. So for example, I would ask, can I speak with this care manager? And they would write down their name on this form, how to contact them and tell me if there's any limitations on what I can discuss with this person. It might be their financial advisor. It might be their daughter or son. And they may have some limitations as to what I can discuss with them, or they may say, talk with them about everything. And in that case, I'll send an email after the meeting, letting them know exactly what we've covered, as well as to the client. It's very important to keep everybody in the loop and that transparency is key while protecting their data. And I was also thinking as you were talking that if there is some reason for like the bank to be getting in touch with the client or the family, are you as the daily money manager or, or the daily money manager, is that person present then when there are conversations with other financial institutions or even as we talked earlier about like a financial planner or a uh, an elder lawyer um, that's talking about particular um, whatever um, issues. Are, are, is the daily money manager then a part of all of those conversations and sits in and listens and makes sure that he or she knows what's going on so that they've got all the information they need? Uh, how does that work? Yes, they absolutely can be a part of that conversation. This is usually brought on by the client, though. Banks, unless you're a power of attorney, are not going to contact the daily money manager, nor should they. They should be contacting the client. So oftentimes, for example, if a client gets an email from a financial institution, maybe Citibank or from their credit card, they can forward that to the daily money manager, and then you can have a discussion about it together, make the phone call together, whether you're in person or over the phone. If it's to their financial advisor to go over items there, you can bring in the daily money manager to be a part of that to make sure that they understand what's being discussed with them. Same with the CPA. I mean, we just passed the deadline yesterday for um, having taxes due, the extended deadline. So it's important to be a part of that conversation as well and make sure that they understand what's being explained to them, and that they're on board with it. Because in the end, it's their decision. But they need to have the right pieces of information from somebody who knows what's going on so that they can make those right decisions. Exactly. And as earlier stated, daily money managers are not financial advisors. They're not estate lawyers. They are not generally, a few are CPAs, but they're generally not CPAs. So we pull in the professional advisor in that field and have them a part of that conversation. But again, you need permission from that client to have that conversation. And you should have that in writing and have it signed by the client to be able to have that conversation with that professional advisor that they work with. Okay. One thing I also was wondering about is, is you told us a little earlier that you're a solo practitioner, but um, I'm aware as I was looking uh, on the internet um, to prepare these questions, that there are companies that employ multiple daily money managers. And in the event that somebody's listening here and is looking at a company that has this situation, is it likely that a client would always work with the same daily money manager that they were initially assigned to, or would that be rotating, or how would that work? 
In the event that you hire a daily money management practice that has several daily money managers, you generally, as a client, will have the same money manager every time you meet. If that individual is on vacation or is out sick and you still need to have a meeting, then they generally would send in another daily money manager. But otherwise, it's usually always the same money manager that comes to meet with you on a regular basis. I would think that that would certainly be easier and and less confusing than having to go through and try to explain everything to a new person, or, or at least there might be some interaction with the two daily money managers if that's necessary. Yes, yes. Okay. Another question that I have is a privacy policy. That was another term that I saw in connection with daily money managers. What is a privacy policy? What what does that mean? And do daily money managers have this? Yes, daily money managers should have a privacy policy. Um, They should have a confidentiality statement as well as protections for the client's information. This should be part of the information that they give and tell a client about when they first meet with them, before they start with their engagement with that particular client. And one thing about an engagement and the letter of engagement is that you can go in there and have have it terminated or changed at any time. So the engagement can be changed what you want to cover, and at any point that somebody may not need it anymore, maybe it was a temporary service they needed while they were recovering from a surgery, then it can be readjusted or terminated at any point. There is no time frame that somebody is held to with the letter of engagement. So there's no penalty if they don't need uh, the services anymore. And it's not like breaking a contract and you have to still pay for the services even though they're no longer needed. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. There should not be any, on the letter of, of engagement, there should not be any terms as far as you have to employ me for a year, we're going to work month to month, or you owe this amount. That would be a red flag if somebody was presenting that because you don't know how much or little somebody's actually going to need your services until you kind of dive in. You have an idea from what they're telling you, but oftentimes a client will tell you something and then you get in and it's different when you're in there. Has that happened to you? I'm Again, I'm just kind of referring to your personal situation that your time of togetherness with this person is is terminated just because they don't need you anymore. Does that happen very often? It does not happen very often. Um, hopefully you've done your due diligence and you know that this is a trusted person that you're going to work with. And generally speaking, it's until the end of their life because it is a fantastic relationship and they are an extension of your family and a part of your team as far as it's a very private matter and a very personal matter. We're helping somebody with their daily finances and writing their bills, et cetera. Um, Sometimes it's not a good fit, and hopefully that is recognized in the beginning. Like I was saying, some daily money managers prefer to work only with budgets. Some prefer to only work with very high net worth individuals. And seniors may not be their forte or their preference. So it's really important to find out what you're looking for and who you're interviewing is going to fit the needs of the person you're talking with. And be a match. That's what I was thinking of, is that's a really good question in terms of their expertise and even their background and experience um, before you hire somebody to make sure that uh, that it is the kind of person you're actually looking for, whether it's the older adult themselves asking the question or the family member, correct? Yes, it is very, very important. And I think that is an excellent question to ask. What are your typical clients? Are they generally seniors? Is that mostly what you work with? And it might be like if you're interviewing a practice that has several daily money managers, it might be that somebody in that practice specializes in seniors. Somebody else specializes in something else might not necessarily be the entire practice, but it generally is the entire practice. But ask them, what is their typical client? What do they look like? You know, are they seniors? Do you go to assisted living? 
Do you meet with them in person? Do you only do work remotely? Ask these questions in the beginning to find out that it is a good match. You want them to feel really good and comfortable that they are hiring you to come in and help them. Okay. Last question. Just tell us again, any helpful resources to learn more about daily money management? I would check, obviously, the website again, American Association of Daily Money Managers. AARP oftentimes has information on daily money managers. Check with your local agency on aging and commission on aging, depending on where you live. See if they have resources for you. Your neighborhood listservs might have some daily money managers listed there. Maybe even your local village, if you have a village close to you. Trusted professionals that you work with, your financial advisor, your estate lawyer, your CPA. Do you know of a daily money manager that would be helpful for me in this situation? All right. Well, I want to thank Christine Dolan, professional money manager. Thank you, Christine, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I hope people have learned there's any way that I could be of assistance and referring somebody, even if it's in Seattle, Washington, I'd be happy to make sure you have a vetted daily money manager to help you. Okay. Well, I want to just remind our listeners that this program will be re-aired at a new time now, uh, later this week on Friday at 2 p.m. rather than 4 p.m. on WERA 96.7 FM. If you want to learn about Aging Matters, you can visit our website, agingmattersonline.com. And of course, at this site, you can access all of our Aging Matters radio and TV show content in addition to vlogging on to the Aging Matters podcasts on Apple and Spotify. Aging Matters is produced in association with Ink Mouth Media. To learn more about that organization, you can log on to inkmouthmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Aging Matters today. And remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. <music>